Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Today we're gonna be uh, in the second part of a three-part series, and, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? We're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit because we talk about God all the time. Everybody knows who God is, right? God created everything and, you know, that whole line. And and then we know who Jesus is, right? We know Jesus uh, is the son of God. He was born of a virgin. He he came and he was both fully man and fully God and, you know, all of this stuff. But but what about the Holy Spirit, though? What about the Holy Spirit? What does does he do? Who is it? You know, I mean, I, I think a lot of people can can pretty closely tell you who God is and tell you who Jesus is. But, but the Holy Spirit might get a, a little murky. What, what do we do with him? What does he do with us? And so we started talking about um, three, well, we started talking about a lot of things uh, the last time I was here. But, but here, I'm going to repeat four things that I want y'all to know about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, okay? So that we can get to know the Holy Spirit just as well as we do God and Jesus, okay? So first, the Holy Spirit is an actual entity, an act, I mean... I don't want to say person because he's not human, okay? He's the Holy Spirit. But it's an actual entity apart from God and apart from Jesus, but at the same time, the whole, okay? And I know that that's really hard to explain, but he, but he is a separate entity, okay? Second, Jesus said he had to leave so that the counselor, the counselor, that's what the Holy Spirit is, is a counselor, so that the counselor could come. Jesus was limited because while he was on earth, I mean, he, he could be with you know, Peter, James, John, and, you know, Matthew and Judas and all of the disciples. But because he was God, but he was just man, he couldn't be there for everybody while he was on earth because he was in a, in a body, right? He said, I have to go so that the same spirit that dwells in me can be with everybody else. Okay. So he's a counselor. Um, I like to think of him as kind of like, uh, there's, a, there's a song called, he's our personal Jesus. He's the one that lives inside of us, right? Third, he reminds us of what God says and who God is. That is one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit is to tell us who God is, to remind us of how much he loves us, right? To to talk about all of these things. I mean, even to remind us not just of who he is, but what God says. You know, whenever you're sitting there and you're you're going through something and all of a sudden somebody says something and you immediately like, oh, that's what that Bible verse says that, you know, that Blake or, or, or Mitch or Ty or Kevin was talking about, right? That is the Holy Spirit reminding you. It's the same Holy Spirit. Yes, the Bible was written by man under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the direct revelation from the Holy Spirit, okay? And the same Holy Spirit that, that helped them write those Gospels is the same Holy Spirit helping you get through your day, right? And your Holy Spirit isn't broken, okay? <laughs> right? Because you're like, well, they probably did better than I did. No, they didn't. They, they went through all the same trials and troubles and tribulations. They were just, they were as human as you are, right? And finally, and, and this isn't an exhaustive list. This is not the only list. We, you don't get to go to heaven and go, well, Kevin didn't say the Holy Spirit did that. Okay, I'm just giving you a broad overview. Fourth, he shows us what is right and wrong in our lives, okay? So, you know, you, you probably understand this when, when you come to God 
and, and you start living and then you start doing something and you're like, deep in your heart, you kind of know you shouldn't be doing that. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey man, that, that way looks fancy and it looks nice, but it's a dead end. It's a box canyon. You, you can't get out of that. You, you can spend the rest of your life going that direction, but however far you go down that, that trail, you're going to have to come right back up. So why don't you just avoid all that and just go this way instead? That's what the, that's what the Holy Spirit does, okay? There's a long passage in Galatians chapter 5 that talks at length about the Holy Spirit. And one of the most famous parts of this passage is what is called the fruit of the Spirit. But listen, this is not to be confused with the gifts of the Spirit listed elsewhere, okay? Gifts of the Spirit is different than fruit of the Spirit. They all belong in the same category, you know, fruit of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. But we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Listen, when we start talking about these things, when we start talking about these things, I want you to understand, religion makes requirements out of these. If you're not patient, you're not a Christian. If, uh, if, if, if maybe you're having a hard time right now, you're not real joyful. These nine things are not requirements for Christianity. They're the results of Christianity, okay? Now, and, and I always use a cowboy illustration because that's the way my mind works. Do you have to be, I mean, we, yesterday we were all out there, um, all five of us, me and Ty and Mitch and Brett and Blake and, uh, and Cammie, six of us, I guess. And besides Cammie, we all roped out there. But there was other cowboys out there that didn't rope. Just because they didn't rope didn't make them not a cowboy. We rope because it's a result of the life that we live, not a requirement for the life that we live. Okay? Being able to rope makes our job easier because I guarantee you trying to do all of that yesterday by hand would have been darn near impossible. Right? Same way with life, with the fruit of the Spirit. These are not requirements. These are results of following God. These are the results of what it's like when you're letting God lead your life. The tools, these are tools to make us stronger. And they also, believe it or not, I want you to think about something. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I very much doubt that you listen to that those nine things and thought, you know what? Those are weapons against evil, but that is exactly what they are. That is exactly what they are. Not only are they the results of Christianity, these are the things that we use to fight against evil with. And we'll talk more about that today. So two weeks ago, I was gone last week. Two weeks ago on a Saturday afternoon, I get a text from a uh, Blake, Farr, and Willie Colby, and Tina. And it says this, do you want to go to the Cowboys-Broncos game tonight? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that's my bucket. That was a bucket list, right? Those are my two favorite NFL teams. And I didn't care that it was preseason. Nothing mattered. None of the big people started or anything. But I got to watch my two favorite teams play each other, and it was, and it was great. But that same day, Cammy had gone to do a mud run in uh, Colorado Springs. If you don't know what a mud run is, it's like these obstacle courses and the main theme is mud, okay? And, and you do it as slow or as fast as you can. I know uh, the three ladies in, in this right here were all, uh, uh, or two, you didn't do it, did you, Sarah? Not this time. 
But she, but you had, yeah, you were sick, weren't you? That was the only reason Sarah didn't do it. But anyway, so so Tammy wanted to go do this, right? And so she took our motor home because a couple of her friends from Colorado City, where she grew up, uh, she still hangs out with them and everything. A couple of them had uh, been through like cancer and stuff like that, and it was going to be hot that day. She wanted to take the motor home, not for her, so that her friends that were out there supporting and even doing some of it would have a cool place to go, right? And I thought that was awesome. And so I, so I call her and I'm like, hey, I got invited to go to the, the Cowboys Broncos game. And she's like, you should go, you should go. And I was like, all right. And so anyway, I had to take my boys back and, and I dropped by and I picked up Willie because he was going to ride with me. And on the way, we're going down I-25 at a whopping like nine miles an hour because, you know, 100,000 people are trying to get to the same game I am. And so we're driving along and Cammie calls me and she says, I'm trying to go home and I can't get the slide to come in on the motorhome. And I'm like, <laughs> I look over at Willie. We've got tickets to Cowboys and Broncos and I'm driving, I'm driving north on I-25, not south, right? And I'm like, do I need to turn around and come get you? And she says, no, I'm calling Tyler. Now, Tyler is, is her nephew that lives in Colorado Springs. He's a firefighter. I'm like, shoot, this guy, I mean, he can, he can get people out of cars. Maybe he can get them working again. I don't care. Use the jaws of life. Cut something and get that thing in there so my wife can come home. So she's like, Tyler's on his way. You go have fun. I'm like, okay. So that's exactly what I did. I went to the game and I had fun. Had a great time. Stayed nearly to the end of it. And so anyway, we finally left just a couple of minutes. It was Broncos won. Good job. I, it was the only game I ever go to that I was guaranteed one of my favorite teams was going to win. And I was really happy that the Broncos beat the Cowboys that night. And um, so we left and we're, we're driving and I just dropped Willie off and just figured that my wife was at the house. And I mean, she, you know, she probably had, you know, she's probably waiting on me with a big meal and going to rub my feet, you know, just everything that she doesn't. No, she does. She does. She does. But, you know, I thought she was at home, right? I thought she was at home. So I call her. It is 1130. I call her. She's like, hello? I said, hi, babe. How are you? She goes, honey, I'm so frustrated. I was like, why? And she goes, I'm still at the mud run. We can't get. And it won't let you drive with the slide out, right? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Why didn't you call me? She goes, you were at the game, honey. I was like, do I need to come get you? She goes, I don't know what to do. And I said, go hit the button. I mean, uh, so during this time, they didn't just sit there. They replaced all the batteries. I mean, they did everything that they knew to do. And I said, I said, honey, go hit the deal. Let me see what it says. Because a little lady comes on and talks. And so she hit it and it started like slide out. And then it just kind of garbled out. And I'm like, oh yeah, something's busted. And so anyway, I'm sitting there talking to her and Tyler's sitting on the couch, you know, where the slide out is. And all of a sudden, mid-sentence, Cammie goes, wait a minute, it just moved. I said, it did? She goes, yeah, it, it like just barely. I said, you, and Julie was there, right? Cammie, was Julie still there or was it just you and Tyler? Julie was still there. And so anyway, I told her, I said, okay, hit it again. Let it go back out. Have Tyler go outside, hit the button, and just start pushing on it. <laughs> Lock-ons must be, you know, undead, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, it it, all it needed was just a little bit of help, just a little push. And she just starts crying. She goes, it's in, it's in, it's in. 
And so, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, really, I saved the day, right? I mean, that's the only way I can see this is that I saved the day. That is the biggest bull I've ever spoken in my entire life, okay? I was so thankful of speaking of Tyler, not to put you on the spot, Tyler. <laughs> he did. He, he, he saved it. He saved it. So anyway, thanks for coming, Tyler. He just got off shift at Fountain Fire Department, decided to come to church. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So today we're going to continue. Last week we talked about love, joy, and peace. And today we're going to talk about three things that my wife that day exhibited. And the first one is one that we all, this is probably the only one out of all of these that we get right like 99% of the time, right? It starts with a P and it's called patience, right? We're all good at patience, right? I mean, patience is the easiest thing in the world. No, it's not. It's not. Patience at one time on crosswalk.com, which is a, is a sermon site and everything. And a lot of times I'll go, you know, look at other pastors, you know, what, what they had to say about something. And, and I loved it how they said this. They asked the question, are you growing in your ability to overlook offenses? That is one degree of patience. And, and patience, I think we always think that, that, that patience is like having to, to wait. It's not just a waiting deal. It's a self-control thing. It's, a, it's avoiding the knee-jerk reaction, right? Are you growing in your ability to overlook offenses? In Colossians chapter 1.11, I mean, this isn't the verse, but this is what it basically says, that patience is inner spiritual strength. Patience is inner spiritual strength that enables us to receive an offense full in the face and look right over it. Think about something. I want you for a second to quit thinking about yourself because that, that's what happened when I just said that, right? That patience is the inner spiritual strength that enables us to receive an offense full in the face and look right over it. Immediately, you started thinking of how many times somebody has done that to you and, and maybe you got it right, maybe you got it wrong. But I want you to think about something else. Who does that describe? It describes God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. All of these nine things are the nature of God. Because, man, when you sin, does God like it? No. No, he doesn't like it. But I want you to think about the nature of God when I read this. Patience is inner spiritual strength that enables us to receive an offense full in the face and then look right over it. How many times does God do that in your life every single day? Every single day. We offend God with our thoughts, with our heart, with our, with our actions sometimes, right? But my gosh, think about the patience of God, how much he loves us to be able to do that. Are you growing in your ability to overlook offenses? When Paul exhorted Timothy to preach the word in season and out of season, he told him to do so with complete patience, with complete patience. Now, what does that mean, in season and out of season, okay? That means, that was a fancy way, biblical way of saying, listen, preach the word when you're preaching and when you're not, right? Or maybe we could say, patience is uh, preach the word in season and out of season. It's easy to be a Christian in here, isn't it? It's easy to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, all of that stuff, right? What about out there? Preach the word in a controlled environment 
and an uncontrolled environment, but do both with complete patience. If you aren't doing it out there, you're not doing it in here, despite what you tell yourself. In season and out of season. Patience, God wants us to be patient with others because he patient with us. We must come alongside the plodding, stumbling saint. This is a direct quote from that crosswalk deal. We must come alongside the plodding, stumbling saint and remember that one day he will shine like the sun. Matthew 13, 43. We must come alongside that, that baby Christian, the one that, that he's trying and he can't get it right. I, I think of myself the very first time I got invited to, uh, Dale Oker gave me my first branding shot here in Colorado. And where they do it out of is, is kind of out of a round pen. And I caught a lot of calves. I just didn't catch two feet except with one. Ten years ago, I roped one calf, and I was in there the whole time. I roped one calf. Today, yesterday, I probably roped 20. Maybe not that great. I, there's some things that I could have done a lot better in hindsight, but I promise you, that entire day, good or bad, I was giving it my all. I was giving it my all. So was everybody else. But look how far I've come in that. Think about that with other people. We must come alongside the guy that can't do anything and help him grow. And the only way that we can help him grow is to be patient. The second one, kindness. Do you not only overlook offenses, but repay them with love? Man, you know, if you think patience is hard, maybe it's time to get to kindness. And y'all know what I have to say about kindness, right? See, here's the deal. For, for you new people online or, or sitting here, this is my spill on kindness. This world is too nice because everybody there, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, here, let me get the door for you. Come on. Oh, that's so nice of you. Yes, ma'am. That's nice of me. Now, there's a thousand things that can be nice, right? There's a thousand things that you can do nice, but here's the difference in nice and kind. Nice doesn't cost you anything. Kindness does. Kindness takes a part of you and gives it to somebody. Nine out of 10 times, they don't deserve it. But that's what kindness is. It is one thing to receive an offense and quietly walk away. It is quite another to receive an offense, refashion it in the factory of your soul, and then send it back as a blessing. That's what God is looking for us. He wants us to be patient where we can overlook an offense, but he doesn't want us to stop there. He wants us to be kind by not only overlooking an offense, but to repay it with love. This is a result of becoming Christ-like. It's not a requirement. It's not, well, if you don't do, if you're not kind every single day and every opportunity, then you're going to go to hell. That's religion. That's religion. Go flush that down the toilet with your lucky charms that you didn't eat. You know? Well, I didn't, I just ate the marshmallows. <laughs> I had to flush the other stuff. The fruit of the... <laughs> It is one thing to re receive an offense and quietly walk away. It is quite another to receive an offense, refashion the fact of your soul and send it back as a blessing. That's what God's looking for us. That's what he wants from us. You want to know why? Because he does it for us. Think about how many times we let God down and doesn't he still turn around and bless you? Yes, he does. The fact that you're even here today is, is a result of that. The fruit of the spirit is not yet matured in us unless we're ready to show kindness. Not only to those who will one day thank us, but those that will forever be ungrateful and remain evil. Because we do things because God gave it to us, we pass it along to others. You know, the Bible says, 
God's wish is that none may perish. He, you know, the, those, those people that are going to hell out there? I saw a quote yesterday that said, God loves the worst sinner on earth more than you love your own child, right? God loves the worst sinner on earth more than you can love anybody else. He loves them with a passion, with, with a longing, and it comes from patience, and it comes from kindness. He, he shows us, he shows us time and time again how much he loves us. We need to pass that along. The kind that are able to give a blessing and receive a curse in return and then go on giving blessings. Guys, if you really want to get, if you want to really get to the, to the cutting, I was going to say it, but I'm not. I don't feel like it today. Uh, if you want to get down to the cutting, that's what kindness is. It's an ability to give based upon God giving to us, of us becoming Christ-like, of becoming in sync with the nature of God because God is love. God is joy. God is peace. God is patient. God is kind. We have to turn it around and give it out. The kind that are able to give blessings and to receive a curse in return and then go on giving blessings. See, my wife was infinitely patient because I would have never, <laughs> like, I, I don't know how else to say this, but the fact that my wife drove a motorhome all the way to Colorado Springs, did a mud run all day long, and, and loved on her friends enough to share what we have with them, and then to be patient with me while I went and did a bucket list deal while she sat at a racetrack, basically stranded, and not one time did she ever lecture me, get on to me, lose her patience with me, not one thing. Not one time did she ever lose patience with me. The closest she came to losing patience is when I called her and she started kind of crying that she was still sitting there at 11.30 that night after bait. I think, what time did you leave the house? 5.30 that morning? 6.30? 5? 5 o'clock that morning. You want to talk about patience? And you know what? I recognize that. I recognize that she was being godly in that. You want to talk about kindness? Everything she did that day, she did for somebody else. Everything she did that day, she did even despite all, now, and I didn't even tell you the fact, well, you, if you were here last time, if you weren't a heathen and you were here two weeks ago, you heard it, um, is that that morning, we got the everything ready that after, uh, the day before, everything was working perfectly, right? And then the next morning, the battery was dead and it took me 20 minutes to jump it off. So we're out there at like, you know, 5, 5.15 in the morning trying to jump this thing off. She gets to the gas station, turns it off, and guess what? It doesn't start again. So this st all this started at 5 o'clock. They had to go buy a battery at 6 o'clock in the morning just to get the RV to the place, right? So you want to talk about kindness and being patient? She was pretty good. She was pretty good with both those things. The next one, goodness, goodness. How is, I mean, I think that this is a weird one, right? I mean, if you think about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I can kind of wrap my head around all of those, but I, I've always had kind of a problem with how is goodness separate from the rest of them? Because to me, all of that is goodness, right? So how is goodness a standalone one on its own? Do you dream up opportunities to be helpful? Because when you go back to the Greek, the goodness part kind of has that element in there of doing good for others, okay? 
We're not, you know, I mean, kindness is part of that, right? You know, displaying kindness is what happens when you can receive an offense and give a blessing back. The giving of that blessing back is goodness. Do you dream up opportunities to be helpful? And I think the wording in that is pretty important. Do you dream up opportunities to be helpful? Do you think about other people? You know, because a lot of times I think we think of goodness. Well, that means I'm being good. Nah, it's, it's about giving good to others. Last week, I had an amazing opportunity. Um, it was a first for me. That's why I bring it up. Um, I, there's a guy that used to work for the Silver Spur Ranches here in Kiowa. And um, he got married in Lebanon, Missouri. And so I flew into Kansas City and I rented a car and I was like three hour drive to Lebanon and they got me a hotel room. And uh, anyway, spent the night the next morning was at, at uh, some state park that was just gorgeous, gorgeous. Did it with a little bit of drizzle. I mean, it, just as pretty a wedding as it could be. Then we left there and went to the reception and I had the honor of baptizing a husband and wife on their wedding day. I mean, you want to talk about an amazing experience. And not only that, not only that, but that morning or the night before, I lost my wallet. No driver's license, no credit cards, all of the debit cards for Save the Cowboy, all of my personal stuff, my uh, concealed handgun deal, my global entry, I lost everything. I could not go buy a piece of gum with what I had on me. And I'm supposed to drive three and a half hours back to Kansas City and get on a plane that they're not going to let me on because I have zero ID. What happened? I'll tell you next week when you come back.